Hey guys, if you are a father who would like to have a deeper relationship with your son, if you have a son that you're trying to pour into and develop, if you want to help your son see the greatness that you know he has in his life, I've got a very special event coming up June 23rd through 27. We are going to be in Cleveland National Forest. My father's coming with me, Who my, the man who you hear me talk about all the time, who helped me become who I've become in life. We're going to be doing a father-son rite of passage event, Map and Compass Land Navigation. I'll be teaching you how to use Map and Compass in the exact same place that I learned in Navy SEAL training. This is going to be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You'll, rem- you'll have these memories for the rest of your life. If you want to find out more, you can click the link in the description below. We've only got 16 spots available and we've already sold a few of those you can find out more at the impossible.life slash legacy navigators nick and i are focused on living the greatest life that we can possibly live to honor god we want to be the best versions of ourselves. so what we're going to talk about today is really the tenets of the impossible life what it means to be us if you feel like you're us this is going to help you understand who you are and the ways that you should aspire to be it's impossible Let me tell you what I believe. Your weakness is not your technique. Yes! Yes! Don't think you are. Know you are. The Impossible Life Podcast. You're sitting on a winning lottery ticket. An idea that is fully formed, fully understood, that sticks. This is the Impossible Life Podcast. Because Nick and I are attempting to live impossible lives. What we know is that nothing is impossible. So instead of using impossible as an excuse to not try, we'll use the pursuit of impossible as an accelerant for greatness. If something's never been done before, that just means it's unexplored. If they tell you it's too hard, it's just waiting to be simplified. Impossible is a default label used by uncourageous people unwilling to take a risk. The real truth is this. The solution to any impossible task starts with this question. If I had to, what would it take? Welcome to another episode of the Impossible Life Podcast. I'm your co-host, Nick Surface, and I'm looking across at a man who once had a podcast of his own, but had to abandon it four episodes in after numerous reports of listeners spontaneously combusting while listening due to the intensity of the message. That's right, friends. The former Navy SEAL... Garrett Unglebach, a man with only two settings, intense and more intense. <laughs> why Why four episodes? Why well, didn't I get banned after one? Well, you know, man, I mean, it takes a little while for these reports to get around. And oh, okay. It was your podcast, so really you should know. I mean, I look at I, it. Then I must have released all four at the same time. <laughs> that, would, that was the only explanation for this hypothetical situation <laughs> of you having your own podcast before. I did like laugh a lot to myself at the thought of your own podcast. I, I know it would be great, but it was... Uh, this was a funny version for me of you just like, just hammering well, intensity well, we've, out. Yeah, we've talked about it before. We definitely have less lit- listeners because Garrett by himself would be uh, only for a select audience. It would be an intense, like an intense <laughs> unload. Uh, and so, yeah, I had a lot of fun with that. Um, so, gee, today's episode, and it's the first one. I feel like it's the first time in a long time. It's been just you and me in it's here. It's been a few weeks before, since uh, we've been in the studio, just yeah. me and you. So it's nice. So today we've we had some great guests. We have, man. We've had some awesome guests. And, like, I enjoyed the 100th episode with all our Mindset Mastery people and yes. the questions online. Pastor we had Josh. Josh was awesome. Yeah. My so man Joe. Joe. Yeah, fantastic, man. So, yeah, I hope you guys all enjoyed that. And yeah. uh, 
Here we are. We're back. <laughs> We're back. And we wanted to do, this is an episode of you have to be told once, but you have to be reminded often. One of Garrett's mentors sayings, we are covering the tenets, not tenants as in they're living with you, but tenets of the impossible life. Yeah. And you may be wondering. Yeah, what is a tenant? Well, I'm glad you asked, G. Uh, I'm going to give you a famous example, and it comes from a former president, Harry S. Truman. Okay. Who, uh, so I'm, his tenets were known as the Truman Doctrine. So there's a nice little clue to what tenants actually are. And it was in 1947. And so what President Truman did was he established that the U.S. would provide political, military, and economic assistance to all democratic nations under threat from external or internal authoritarian, authoritarian forces. So this was like a massive shift in foreign policy because the stance before was, hey, if it's not directly involving the U.S., we'll withdraw, which you saw in World War II. We didn't get involved until they bombed Pearl Harbor. And then it was like, okay, now you've crossed the line. Right. Your butts are mine. Uh, and now it was like, well, Over no. the line, market zero. Exactly. It was bowling, not nom. There are rules. For those of you that didn't get that, that was a reference to what movie, G? Big Lebowski. Boom. There you go. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are like, wait, what are you guys talking about? What is going on right now? We also had some caffeine, and his uh, Garrett's wife is making cookies, so we are hopped up on caffeine and sugar like a couple of 12-year-olds. Mountain Dew. (laughs) That's exactly right. But, uh, yeah, so this was a change in foreign policy for Truman, and it's we still have this. You'll think about all the times we've gotten involved. So if a democratic nation is under threat, it no longer needs to directly involve us. It, now we would get involved at any point, whereas before it was only if it directly it, it was a direct threat to us, i.e. they attacked us or it right. was some one of our interests. So this is a big shift, and you see this still today. So what are tenets? That's really like the doctrine that you live by. And, and so I would challenge people out there that are listening, could you list your doctrine if I said, hey, like, what's your life about? List it for me. Yeah, the SEAL teams had an, an, a SEAL ethos, which to me, every time I read that, it takes me back to like really what it means to be a SEAL. Like there's a few core things, but the SEAL ethos is all of these statements about yeah. who we are, why are we this way, what is the demand upon us, what does it mean to be us? And doctrine is really a lot of the, it's some of these specifics yeah. of what makes you, you. Uh, just like there's doctrines of theology, right? There's like the core things of theology that most people can agree on. There's unfortunately more disagreement in, in theology than any of us would like. But then there's also doctrine of really, which is like, hey, this is my approach. Either the, these are the things that I focus on. Mm-hmm. Think about it this way, though, even if you're not really familiar with like uh, theological doctrine. Think about going to a bunch of NFL locker rooms, right? Every team's playing the same game. Everyone is chasing the same objective. Mm-hmm. Um, you may not know this, but if you went into, you know, if you talk to NFL players uh, who have played on multiple teams, they would tell you these different locker rooms have very different environments, yeah. very different atmospheres. Some of them are really like cavalier where it's kind of just like, hey, like, you know, I call the coach by his first name mm-hmm. and then other environments are a little bit more strict. Some are very focused on winning. Some are very focused on teamwork. Or on money. Right, yeah. or on money. Mm-hmm. Right, there's very different atmospheres, very different, um, it's a different uniform, and it's a different attitude, and it's a different uh, motivations in each one of these groups. Right, so what we're going to talk about today is the, the tenets of impossible living, really what it means to be us. There's, over the last few weeks, we've been doing some calls uh, talking about the ideal you to help you develop the ideal self, uh, not for everyone on this podcast, but some people that have been, we've been trying to introduce them to the podcast. We've been trying to introduce people to mindset mastery and in doing that in the last few weeks, we've gotten to speak to a few of you that have been listeners for years, which yeah, is so awesome. We've gotten cool. to meet people like Kat. I remember we met last week who she's been listening for years, yeah. right? And we haven't met her yet, but then she told us about how, you know, the podcast has had an impact on her. We met so many people just in the last few weeks that we hadn't met before. 
that this podcast is having an impact on them. And so this podcast specifically, this episode today is speaking to those of you who feel like, man, this is what I'm about. I've been a listener for a long time. I'm really following after what Nick and Garrett are chasing after. We're going to talk about what it means to be us, right? Yeah. This is our locker room conversation because there's a lot of people out there that are focused on success. There's a lot of people out there that are focused on winning and and being your best. You can find all different types, just like in the real estate world. You can find people who focus on this. You can find people who focus on that. Nick and I are focused on living the greatest life that we can possibly live to honor God. We want to be the best versions of ourselves. But even in that, you could go find, you could go to a different locker room Mm -hmm. and hear a different conversation about that. So what we're going to talk about today is really the tenets of the impossible life, what it means to be us. If you feel like you're us, this is going to help you understand who you are and the ways that you should aspire to be. Yeah. And if you, if you've new, new to us, then this is a great place for you to start as well, because you're going to get a real overview. And depending on how your mind works, I think you'll understand the themes that you'll hear these things. These things have been in a lot of our episodes, right? Like we're not coming out with anything that's left field that we've never said before. When you hear these, you're going to be like, yes, of course, but we're going to expand on them a lot more. And those things that are like the, the tenets to you, these are the things as, as pastor Keith talks about in uh, in one of the cultures that Nick and I, are part of. he says the things that we talk about are the things that we'll always talk yes. about. Yeah. Right. These are some of the things that we'll always talk about on this podcast. Yeah. I just wanted to gong because it's been weeks, it's like been literally weeks. weeks since I've gonged. So that, that felt good. <laughs> Anyways, getting some dust on all your oh, buttons man. over there. Yeah. Well, except for the, uh, the gun cocking, the machine gun and the air horn, those ones are like staples, <laughs> <laughs> staples in our environment. But yeah. And, and so, cause all of what we do really G it, it is a way of thinking, right? There's so much, it, it's in between your ears. And so one of the prerequisites for everything we're about to talk about and if you know this podcast, you'll know that I've massively transformed my life, largely due to the time that I've spent with Garrett and, and work that I've done before. Looking beforehand. forward to hearing your episode uh, with one of our friends yeah. and followers, Cody McBroom. Yes. Uh, I, you guys will get, it's not out yet when you're hearing this, but when it is, we'll share it to everyone that Nick went on a, a different podcast and kind of told some of his story to a different audience. Yeah. And you know what? We actually went a lot off of my story and just into some just some wisdom for life. Yeah. And it was, it was really cool. I'm, I'm looking, looking forward, forward to sharing that. With I'm everybody. looking forward to hearing it. Yeah, no, I'm, it's going to be fun. But what, what, going back to that, the unlock of mindset is something that I am constantly tapping into. And the reason I always talk about this and the reason I'm so passionate about what we do, I can tell you, having lived a lot of my life as a guy who would dishonor other people. And what I mean by that is I was quick to discount other people's success. And what I was really doing was explaining why I couldn't do it because I had an inferiority complex. So if I saw somebody successful, I would try and pick holes in them. And I missed out on so much of what I could have learned because of that. And the reason that I'm saying that is because when you're in, when I was in, had the frame of mind that I did back then, I would look at people and I would criticize them because I thought I knew when they would share some advice or if they would say something about how they do what they did. I thought I knew where they were going. And I'd be like, oh, well, they're just saying that because all they care about is this. And that's not me. Blah, blah, blah. Immediately write off everything that they'd said. And what I can tell you is whatever you think it would mean to have a mindset that I would say is elite, to have a, a mindset that really encourages you to pursue the impossible, whatever you may think. I will tell you that the further down the path you go, the more you discover how much you didn't know and the more you discover how wonderful it is. The more I develop my mindset, the more I tap into what we're about to share with you guys, 
I'm telling you, it's like life beyond my wildest dreams. Whatever I thought would be great, I had an idea in my head of what I wanted my life to look like. And the more I develop myself, the more I grow in what we're doing with all the mindset development and the things that we talk about in here and pursuing God wholeheartedly and understanding who he is and getting wisdom, the more I realize, man, when you read like Proverbs 4 and it's talking about wisdom is the principal thing and there's so many things where it talks about how wisdom will give you you know, riches and wealth way beyond um, just treasures and, and things of the world. I, I feel like I'm tapping into that. And honestly, man, it's like 10x. I feel like there's times when I sit there and I just have this realization. I'm like, man, like things are making sense to me. I feel like I'm living a life full of purpose. Every day is exciting. And I feel like I have things, I, I'm able to bring things to different rooms, be a blessing to people. And, and I'm just seeing the, the benefits of it in every area of my life. I think something that nearly everyone can relate to is that deep down on the inside, you have this gut feeling yes. that you're either where you're supposed to be, mm-hmm. that you're moving in the right direction or yeah, you're not. That's good. And a lot of people ignore those feelings. Um, and when you've, when, but when you listen to those feelings, they're either going to be feelings of reassurance or they're going to be feelings that keep you up at night. They're going to be feelings that make you sick. And a lot of people, they finally come to a place in their life that they have to listen to that. And they mm-hmm. say, you know what? I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it is that I'm missing, but I know I'm missing something. I know I'm off course. I know my life is not going in the direction that it should be. But what you're saying is that you've got that gut feeling Oh man, that is so different than what you felt for the majority of your life yes. so far. And that's very well said, G. And what I will say is what I hoped it would feel like, it's like 20 times better than that. I, I, I don't, I don't know how else to say it. All I will say is just, just, Pursue excellence, guys. Pursue God wholeheartedly. I'm telling you, it, it's the fruit of it is un, uh, it's uncomparable. Anyways, so, so let's talk about let's the five tenets. Let's talk about the five tenets. And before we do, the thing that I said that was the prerequisite, G, is an ownership mentality. Mm-hmm. We did a whole episode on ownership that you can look up and listen to. But it, it's the if it's going to be, it's up to me attitude. There is no cavalry. Like you have to have the mindset that you take ownership for everything in your life. Because if you don't, what you're doing is you're basically giving power to circumstance other people, insert whatever authority that you're saying should take care of what's going on in your life. Until you say, you know what, I didn't get to choose what happened to me, but I get to choose how I think about it. I get to choose how I feel about it. And I certainly get to choose what I do about it. The moment you do that, you are on the road to actually living an impossible life because you've taken ownership. We, we talk about this in that episode, but the, the things that you take responsibility for are the things that you have the opportunity to grow. Yes. The things in your life that you say, well, that's not my fault. You can't change those things. But as soon as you take ownership of them, which is painful, as soon as you take responsibility for where you're at in your life, you could look at your life and, and talk about all the ways that somebody else caused it, that you didn't get a fair opportunity, other people got this that I didn't have. But until you take responsibility for where you're at in your life, you won't change it. So, facts. All right. So there are five tenets. Once again, tenets is spelled T-E-N as in November, E-T-S, in case people want to look this up. Not tenant, like Not. an occupier of your property. Exactly. But what the, the first tenant? The first tenant is fearless living, G. And that's not a surprise if you listen to us, but just as important as the doing is the undoing. And we say fear is the number one limiter in your life, guaranteed. I think this, is, um, this one's so important to me because it's, I learned this early in life. Uh, one of my first defining moments, I've shared this on the podcast before, but I'm going to share it again. One of my first defining moments in life, because what I want to talk about with all five of these tenants is I want one, I want to tell you where they came from, 
right? And so Nick and I will talk about where they came from, why this is such a core of who we are. Nick and I didn't just write this for this episode. No. We've known this for a long time of this is who we are. Early on, Nick and I sat down and said, what does it mean to be us? Who who are we? Mm-hmm. And so this has been on a document for us that uh, Nick and I look at, that we reflect back on, and we build everything that we talk about on this show on, on top of these things. So we want to share these with you. So the first one is fearless living. And where did that come from? In my life, uh, early on, I had a defining moment around seven where we were playing, we were in the swimming pool in my backyard, um, at my parents' house as a kid. And one of my friends who we'd swam all summer, uh, my friend, he had a little bit of a developmental issue, not a large one, just a little bit. And for whatever reason that day he was stuck on the diving board, right? Like we, we'd been swimming and we were jumping off the diving board into the pool, had a nice deep end in the pool and a big diving board. We're having lots of fun. And it wasn't even like the beginning of summer. This is near the end of summer. Uh, but for whatever reason that day, he was just struggling. And like he froze up there on the diving board and became afraid to jump in and started to get scared. And I remember looking at him thinking like I got out of the pool and, and helped him. But I remember looking, looking at him and saying like, man, he wants to be in the pool with us so bad, but he's stuck up there. Yeah. And he's afraid, right? It wasn't a reasonable fear. And most fears not, right? It wasn't logical why he was stuck up there, but for whatever reason he was and fear had paralyzed him yeah. and he couldn't get to where he wanted to be. And so it wasn't like in that moment I mastered fear in my life, but at that moment I got a picture of the difference between being living afraid and living unafraid. Yeah. And I decided I don't want to live like that. I never want to be stuck on the diving board in life where I'm saying like, man, like I want to be in the pool. I want to be having fun. I want to be climbing mountains. I want to be doing all this stuff, but I'm afraid. So I can't, I never want that. Yeah. And for me, it was, I spent literally, I can remember giving myself migraines from stressing out so much about what might happen when I was like truthfully 18 years old. And for me, I spent the whole of my adult life losing no matter whether I was winning or not, because I was always worried about the what if monster. I could be doing really well in business and finance and I'd be too busy thinking like, oh, well, what if this happened? And then those clients went away and I couldn't even enjoy the victories. And it was like that over and over again. If I'm sitting there having a great moment with my family, instead of just being present and enjoying that, I'm thinking about like, oh, well, what if, you know, what if, what if the kids fall down? What if this happened? And I'm running all these scenarios in my head and the what if monster just was robbing me over and over and over again. And I just never wanted to be like that ever again. That's the, the Seneca quote. Most men suffer more in their mind than in reality. Yeah. Right. That's what you were doing. That's what my friend was doing on the diving board. He's suffering in his mind. He wasn't actually suffering in reality. Yeah. Right. And what I know is that the opposite can also be true. Mm-hmm. Right. That's not, he's, that's just an observation that Seneca had. Most people suffer more in their mind than in reality. But also, you can get to it you, through mindset in your life. You can have suffering and choose for it to not be suffering. You can be in a place that's really hard and really tough. And what a lot of people would see on the outside is like, man, that looks like suffering. But on the inside, you're not suffering. Yeah. And I, I think the thing that's so what does what does it do? Like, what does this do for us? Gee, I think the thing that's amazing to me, and I say it all the time about fear, isn't just that fear will rob you. And, and, but that it will deceive you, not just with the fact that it's false, but also that a lot of people won't even recognize that it's there. There's people that, that are listening to this, that every single day they listen to thoughts that they think are quote unquote logical or cautionary or wise. And really what it is, is it's fear that's holding them right mm-hmm. in place where they're at and keeping them from going for what they really want. And so what fear does is it, it is a survival software mode. It's just, hey, we're going to keep you alive. You're not going to really enjoy it, but you'll be alive. That's fear. When I was young, people and I got really into stuff like 
parkour, which people, you know, joke about now, but back when I was doing it, people, there wasn't anything on YouTube. Like when I was 14 years old, I was trying to jump off the highest thing I possibly could. I spent years working up to like, you know, first I could jump off something like 13 feet high. Eventually I jumped off something that was 18 feet high. Like that, then most people that would break their ankles. Mm -hmm. Right. And I've spent years progressing up to that. And people would say like, you're crazy. Like literally like you're in what you're doing is crazy. You don't think about, you know, you just like throw your body off of stuff and like, you don't care what happens. And I knew like, I didn't fully understand what people were saying then. Um, I just knew they were wrong. But what I know now is that those people were saying like, they were uncomfortable mm -hmm. with that and they don't know how they could do that. And through their lens, the only way that I could do what I was doing was because I just didn't care about my body. Yeah. But actually I had spent years preparing. Like I didn't just like throw myself off something 18 feet high the first time. Right. Because actually the first time I got up on something that high, I was like, Oh my gosh, uh, I, my body and like my brain is telling me, don't do this. <laughs> yeah. You're going to end up in the hospital. Right. And I spent years working towards having the strength and the technique to be able to do that. Mm, right. It analogy. was very, it was very thoughtful. It was very strategic to get myself to that point. Most people, uh, this is to your point, Nick, about, you know, caution and mm -hmm. wisdom. Like a lot of people, it's actually that, um, they, 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 they're saying like, Oh, well, I'm just, it's like calling me crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, they look at things in life they're like, well, I just, you know, I just need to be wise in this situation. No, you're choosing to run away from things that scare you. Exactly. Right? And uh, in my life, what I'm going to do is when I feel fear, I'm going to call it out. Mm -hmm. Anytime, like there's, I go through difficult stuff. So does Nick. I go through things that challenge me. I go through things that scare me. And when I feel fear, I call it out. And I say, I'm not going to let you have yes. a voice in my life. And that doesn't mean that I won't have... Uh, conversations with my mentors about how do I handle difficult things? How do I handle things that, um, that challenge me, that push me, but I'm not going to be moved or motivated by fear. I want to live unafraid because I don't want to be right. I had a very clear picture from a young age of what fear looked like on the diving board, scared, crying in front of your friends mm -hmm. and you're not in the place that you're supposed to be. So if I fail in life, I'm going to fail unafraid. If I win in life, I'm going to win unafraid. Yeah. I'm not going to do things with fear in my life. I love that, man. And you know what's on the other side of fear, G, is the greatest victories you've ever had in your life. Because I've, I've coached friends through fear. I've coached people who want to start businesses through fear. And you know what happens? I always remind them. I go, look, here's the principles at play. Here's what you're always going to do no matter what. And that's how you're going to get through. So don't worry about the circumstances. Just keep doing these. Mastery of basics, right? And I will look back with them six, eight months, whatever. And I'll look back and I'll be like, do you see how much of a lie was dictating to you? Mm -hmm. And you had all these wonderful things waiting for you the whole time. And because you were so concerned about fear, all you saw was threats. And you know what's great about the this human psychology, G? This is what's called deletion. We've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. If you lose your kid in the store, what are you doing? You're just running around looking for your kid. Did you see your neighbor that you passed by? Could you tell me how much those shirts were that you walked by? No. All you're doing is looking for your kid. Same thing. If you're so caught up in fear, all you see is fear and threats everywhere. And you know what? Opportunity is walking around like a gorilla right in front of you, jumping at you, maybe even slapping you in the face. And all you can do is look That's at fear. Absolutely right. And you are missing out. What if, like you said, it worked out even better than what you thought? What if you could go into an opportunity and know that you were going to figure it out no matter what? 
man, different way of living. We had some people at our Firestarter event, you know, back January 1 of this year. Coming up again soon. uh, Yeah, we'll we'll be talking about signups for that here in a few weeks. But we had people at our January 1 event this year that we've spoken to now. But back then we said, what if this was the greatest Mm -hmm. year of your life? What if you start acting that way? What if you start believing that? And a couple of the people that were at that event, some of the people that have been my coaching clients have told me, like, this is the greatest Mm -hmm. year of my life. I had no idea, you know, that this was really possible. But everything that I wrote down back on January 1, I've Mm -hmm. accomplished that, right? It's possible to get to a much greater life that's on the other side of fear. So how do you do that? How do you, like, live without fear in your life? Well, there's a scripture. It's one of my absolute favorite scriptures in the Bible, uh, James 1-2. It says, consider it joy. Consider it joy when you face struggles of any kind. And that word consider it in the, in the verse where it says consider it in the English, the Greek word is hegemai, which when you study that word, it means to lead one's thinking mm. or to choose. Yes, I love that. Right? That's how you're going to overcome fear. The same way that I do. Not like you get bigger than it. Not like you just scare fear away or you just become immune to it. No, you know what fear is. Like you recognize it when you see it, you call it out, and you say, I'm not going to acknowledge that, right? It is a choice. You have to choose Mm -hmm. to lead your thinking. That verse, consider it joy, right? James isn't saying, hey, when you go through tough stuff, it's joy. Yeah. He's saying, no, when you face tough times, consider it joy. Mm. Choose for it to be joy. And I I won't go longer into the verse on why and, and how you do that. But what I'm saying is this is the same way that you address fear. When you see it, when fear knocks at your door, you have to have a pre-prepared response. Yes. And for those of you that are out there that are like, hey, fear is a, is a factor in my life and I don't want it to be. You want to be the person that sees the opportunity rather than the threats. Heads up, in October, it's fear-free October for us on The Impossible Life. In our Mindset Mastery course, we are going to be looking deep at fear. Garrett and I have already started working on the uh, the actual programming for that. And what I will tell you is that this will be a very hands-on, practical implementation of getting fear out of your thinking and out of your life. I cannot wait for that month because I've experienced what it is to remove this limitation in my own life. Uh, you can go to theimpossible.life if you want to join us. Honestly, it's a 12-month program, but if you're like, yo, I can't afford it or whatever's going through your head, just come do October with us because it's going to be amazing to dive into that and get fear out. So I just, I feel like it'd be remiss if I didn't actually mention that. Each of these, uh, we're about to move on. Each of these tenants have a lesson and I'm going to give the lesson in a second, but I just want to give you this reminder, right? Why, like, well, I think people can have, try to, you know, resort back to reason and give fear a voice through reason and say like, well, why, I, I, you know, fear obviously is in my brain because it's, you know, it's protecting yeah. me, right? Well, let me tell you what fear is. Fear is a survival mechanism, right? Like you feel fear when you encounter something that you're not prepared for. You feel fear when your brain sees things that it's like, man, this thing could eat you. This thing could kill you. You hadn't thought about this before. You don't have a weapon to defend yourself. You don't have a plan or a mechanism for escape. And I need to pump your adrenaline up right now. Mm-hmm. And you're about to get real stupid and your legs are going to move real fast. Yeah. Right? Fear is a survival mechanism. I'm not trying to survive in life. I'm trying to thrive. And so that's why fear has no place in my life. I'm more than prepared to survive. I have all the tools that I need to survive. Fear does not help me. It has no place in my life. It's not something that I can use. Mm, Yeah. The lesson of this tenant, fearless living, the lesson is courage. Mm, I love that. All right. The second lesson is the infinite potential unlock, which I feel like you should give, Garrett, because this is this is man. You. Unless you're new here, uh, if you are new here, welcome. Um, but unless you're new here, you know what this is. What is the infinite potential unlock? There's two people who, um, or three people, 
two specific groups of people that really spoke this into my life. Pastor Keith and my parents, both my mom and my dad, spoke these things into my life. The infant potential unlock is two beliefs, right? Two core beliefs. For me, what is a belief? A belief is things that you know are true but can't prove, right? And I mean prove scientifically. Uh, things that you can prove scientifically, you can demonstrate it over and over and over again. You can provide actual, demonstrable, verifiable proof. The things that you believe are things that you know are true, but you can't necessarily prove them, right? You may have, it doesn't mean you don't have evidence for it, right? right? But you can't demonstrate it scientifically, repeatedly, scientifically, right? So what are these two core beliefs in my life that make the infinite potential unlock? First core belief is that God has a plan for your life. Since I was a little boy, my parents have told me, son, God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. I've heard it over and over and over again. I heard it at five. I heard it at seven. I heard it at 10. I heard it at 15. When you're five years old, it doesn't mean anything to a five-year-old, right? But you know what does mean something is that when I was 20, I remember that I'd heard it since I was five. I'd been hearing this over and over and over again. So when I hear things in life that try to scare me, when I hear things in life that try to move me, make me feel small, make me feel like I don't have a purpose, I'm like, you know, I hear you, and you're really loud right now, but what's louder than you is 15 years of this vibration in my life that God has a plan for my life. My parents spoke purpose into me from a very young age in life, and then as I started to see the evidence of that, that God really does have a plan in my life, all the ways that he moved on my behalf, all the ways that he's protected me, right? And you don't necessarily see that stuff in the present. You see it when you look back Mm -hmm. on what God's done for you. And the more I looked back on my life, the more I could see God's hand right next to my parents telling me that God has a plan for my life. Mm. That's called purpose, right? And the second thing is this. My parents would say this as well. They'd say, God has a plan for your life. And then they would also tell me that you can have anything you want in life as long as you're willing to pay the price for it. Not you're going to get what you want, right? right? That's what people want to hear. Like, yeah. hey, you're going to get what you want. No, they said you can. You could have yeah. anything that you want if you are willing to pay the price for it, right? There is great potential and great possibility for your life on the other side of effort. You can have anything you want in life as long as you're willing to pay the price for it. That's called potential. When you have purpose, God has a plan for your life, and you have potential, you can have anything you want in life as long as you're willing to pay the price for it, you are infinitely capable to go out and achieve whatever God has put you on the earth to achieve. And let me tell you, for whoever is listening to this podcast, you may say, well, that's not for me. I'm speaking directly to you. If you're hearing this, God has a plan for your life. Yes. God put breath in your lungs. You are here, and you're hearing this specific podcast. Maybe you've been here for years, or maybe this is the first episode you've listened to. Well, God put this in your ear for a reason, and he wants you to know that he has a plan for your life. Mm. And the second thing is just as important as the first, is that you can have anything you want in life as long as you're willing to pay the price for it. God gave you skills and abilities, right? And the desires that he's put in your heart, he's put things in your hand that can help you get there. You have to believe that. If you don't believe it, it's true. It's Mm -hmm. like Henry Ford's, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. It's a self-fulfilling statement. If you believe it, it's true. If you don't believe it, it's also true. That's so good, G. What that does is it it says anything is possible, right? Because you can have anything you want if you're willing to pay the price. When you have this kind of belief, what you talked about, and I don't know if you talked about this on the podcast, but that sort of belief will fuel your identity. And I will say that you will never act outside. You can't go against how you really truly see yourself. Uh, Pastor Keith has a great quote. 
a man will never rise above the way he sees himself. Yeah. What you just said, those two beliefs are what you took into into buds that carried you through. Because when people were like, you got no chance, Uncle Bach. You shouldn't be here. You're bottom third of the class. You had a different belief inside I did. yourself. I, you know, I just looked at these guys and I'm like, you know what? You're older than me. You know what? You know way more SEALs than me. Your dad's a SEAL. Your brother's a SEAL. You're a lot faster than me. You can do more push-ups than me, but you don't know me. Right. And you don't know my God. Exactly. And so think about that. You had an identity that was so strong because it was fueled by this belief that when other things told you, you said, hey, that's not true. That's not, I know who I am. Now, let's do the reverse because a lot of people don't grow up with this. The vast majority of people don't grow up with this. Right. They have a negative self-image that's been planted yeah, so what do you, them. Well, it's like, I didn't have good parents, so right. uh, nobody spoke purpose into my life, so I guess I'm just screwed. Yeah, and you just have this. It, I've heard it referred to as an emotional home, and I like that. People will default back to this. It's Even if it's painful, it's a comfortable view of themselves. Right. Where you see this a lot of, of the whole thing, what we said, you, you'll never rise above the way you see themselves. If you've ever known somebody who's lost a lot of weight, right? Let's say they lost 100 there's pounds. A, there's a book that talks about this called Target 100. Right. So like, let's say you've lost 100 pounds. You go look at yourself in the mirror, this person, this hypothetical person, and every time they look in the mirror, they go, man, I look so good. You know, and you should. If you've lost 100 pounds, you should look and have that moment. Here's the problem. If you stay there and you're constantly like, oh, I look so good, what is the inference there? The inference is that you're actually in your head an overweight person. Your identity is still that you're the overweight person, and this is almost just like a vacation for you. I took a 100-pound vacation, and guess what? You're going to flip back. Or, or, you know, I go talk to one of my buddies from the teams who, mm-hmm. you know, he's three years retired. But for 25 years, he was in, in elite athlete shape. Yes. And now he's just let himself go. Right. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? He's yeah. like, I know, right? Like, because he knows he's not who exactly. he is. Like, this is not my true form. This is not the shape that I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And, but, but let's look at this in another one. I use the physical because it's really easy to understand. But what if you just have a belief that, hey, you're not a winner. Like, you're not enough. Good things don't happen for you. What do you think you're going to do? Every time something starts to go your way, you're well, this isn't this. Oh, I better enjoy this while I can, right? It's that sort of mentality. And you know what that is? That's self-sabotage. These are the people that they, they are constantly bumping into success and they can never quite get it because in their mind, they still see themselves as a failure or a loser or not good enough and they revert back to type. I had this friend in the SEAL teams that he was like that, but he was that way about luck. Like <laughs> okay. that he oh, was, yeah. uh, I called him my lightning rod. We did so much stuff together, but he, he always felt like, man, nothing ever goes my way. And right. I'm like, I'm the opposite. Yeah. And being next to you, like all just makes me feel even like I have more favor on my life. Right. Right. Because <laughs> like literally one time we were standing right next to each other and a rock falls off of a cliff and it hits him and right. not me. We, I laughed about it later. I'm like, of course it's going to hit you because you've spoken it over yourself. Yeah. Right? Like I said, that stuff doesn't happen to me. Yeah. But, but truly, I mean, obviously that's kind of funny, but there's so many people that I think will listen to this and, and ask yourself the question when you really revert back, like what's your emotional home? And I would say that most people's emotional home was instilled into them from the time they were zero to 14 years old, mm-hmm. whatever experiences, whatever influential people you had around you, those are the people that sewed in this baseline identity. And you know what? How do you get yourself to the infinite potential unlock G? You got to start building it now. It, it, this is something that you don't just like you. You don't go from a foundation to a house overnight. Correct. Right. Like you build this slowly. You build beliefs. You build confidence in those beliefs. And those beliefs, those conf, the, those beliefs and that confidence, it builds strength in you. And with that strength, you build that belief bigger. Your confidence mm-hmm. grows. It's just like you're um, having uh, discipline in the gym. Right. The more in shape you get, the more committed you get to the program. Yeah. Right. When you first start, you're like, man, I don't know 
know if this is going to work out. Like I really want to change, but I don't know how to change. Mm -hmm. But then you start to change a little bit. You start to see a little bit something different in the mirror. You get more excited. You get more focused. Your technique grows and you're able to make greater change. The things that you can do on day 100, you can never do on day one. Yeah. The things that you can do on day 1000, you can never do on day 100. We were just talking about uh, Nick Bear and the level of fitness that this guy has. He ran 17 miles at a 7-minute and 30-second pace with an average heart rate of 136 beats per minute. If you, if you yeah. have any, like, athletic base of knowledge, you know that's pretty insane. You don't get there in, in 12 months of training. No. That's years. near You know, I'm sure more than a decade for Nick of elite athletic activity and a training program right? This, you're the mindset that you have, like you can build a great mindset in a year. You can build a fantastic mindset in a year. You can get in shape. You can get a six pack mm -hmm. in a year, yeah. right? Uh, but you can't run 17 miles at a 730 pace with an average heart rate of 136 beats per minute in a year. It takes years to get there. So the point is that building this belief, understanding that God has a plan for your life, the longer you walk down that road, the more you'll yep. see God's plan yes. and the more faith you'll have in the future. The more you believe it's possible of what you can do in your life and that if you'll continue to apply effort and you'll continue to give your best, even when you don't see the results that you want to see, that you'll continue to press, the more you, the more you press on in that and then you get to start to see results, the more you'll believe yes. it. Man, if I did this and received this, what if I did that? Yeah. You'll start to have more belief in what's possible. So what the point is, the way that you build the infinite potential unlock, right? And that's really why it's called the infinite potential. Because you, you really only, you kind of have like a fixed mindset of even what you think infinite is, mm -hmm. but then you'll get to that point and say like, man, but there's still more. Yes. You can continue to grow. You have a growth mindset about having a growth mindset. I can get better and better and better and better. Yes. I love that. What, what he's, what Garrett was talking about was that your beliefs are built on reference experiences. The same way if someone's, if you realize that you don't believe in yourself or you think that you're not good enough and people are like, well, why do you believe that? But you would start listening off all the times you'd failed right? So how do you change it? You got to start giving yourself new experiences. And that's mm -hmm. what Garrett said about how it's perpetual. So the first time you go out and you try something and you succeed, you burn that into your brain. You're like, Hey, I'm not that guy anymore. I'm a winner. How do you know? Well, I point to this experience. That's why we're so big on doing hard things because you're building new reference experiences for yourself. And all beliefs are like that. It's like a tabletop and all the reference experiences are the legs. The more you build those legs, you can knock one of them out. They're still 12 other ones. That's right. So, and just say, we're going to, we're going to move on to the lesson. If you are the infinite potential, I'm just, I'm going to do this. We didn't talk about this beforehand, Gary, but I know you'll be fine with it. We had a special offer for the infinite potential on the infinite potential accelerator. We put together something that includes uh, the path to purpose. It includes an ideal you. It includes a half hour call with Garrett and I to review your ideal you. And it also uh, contains our secret to price pain because you just heard what the infinite potential unlock was. Well, we have a secret to price pain to help you build any habit you want. We were going to wrap that up this weekend. We're recording this literally on a Sunday. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and extend it. So if you're interested in joining us, it includes Mindset Mastery as well, which means you could join us for fear. You would get all these bonuses as well as a, a call with us, and we'd go over your ideal you. It's mindset. Oh, sorry. It's the impossible.life forward slash offer. So go look at it. It's phenomenal. It will help you start to Don't just go it. look at it. If you're going to go look at it, join us in the program. Quit messing around. You need to develop a sense of urgency, which we're yeah, going to get to here in just a second, about saying, you know what, now is the time for me to grow. Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, I, let, me, let me tell you the truth about what we're doing here. 
right? Nick and I are going to continue to get better. Nick yep, and I are going to continue to grow. There's people who are on this path with us that they're growing with us. Like we'll always have stuff that's affordable, but let me just tell you the program that, that we're offering right now, it will not always be this cheap because I actually know how valuable it is. Yeah, we're time. offering it at the price that we're offering it now because we want as many people to join us as possible. Come grow with us, invest in yourself and decide that it's time for you to become everything that God's created you to be. Yeah, the lesson of the infinite potential unlock is possibility is possibility and positivity. You have to look at your life and say it's possible and you have to have a, a positive mindset, right? And having a positive attitude, your life's either pointed up or your life's yeah. pointed down. I want my attitude to always be pointed up. That's the lesson of the infinite, infinite potential unlock and I wanna, potential and positivity. Yeah. And I want to be with people who's at, whose life are pointed up as well. And that's one of the things I'm enjoying about building the community that we have is that, that we're seeing lots of people share those stories. Dude, it's like rocket fuel. Nothing, when you start hearing other people. Nothing excites me more than yes. just seeing people's lives like explode in a positive way. Could not agree more, man. All right. We better keep moving, man. The so, third tenet. The third tenet is today matters. Boom. Right? Today matters. We, uh, we have sickers that say this, right? Because it's that important to me. Uh, as Nick mentioned earlier, one of my mentors in my life has said to me over and over again, you only have to be told once, but you have to be reminded many times, right? You don't just say today matters once in your life. No. I say it all the time. So do right? I. I say it all the time. I say it to other people. I say it to myself. Today matters. You need to be reminded that today matters. Yes. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, today. What are you doing today? God put God put breath in your lungs for a reason, right? The very fact that you're alive right now means that there's a plan for your life. What's the plan for today? Have you yeah. thought about it? Did you prepare for today? Make the most out of today. I went through a time in my life where uh, this is my very first mission in the SEAL teams, and I won't tell the long story, but the short story is my aircraft took over 300 rounds, and I thought maybe this is the end, right? Like I'm, I'm going to die. I'm waiting for a bullet to just pass right through my body, and I'm going to die. Right, this is going to be the end. This uh, I was thinking in that moment, man, this isn't the way I thought my life was going to go. Right, I, I, it's, it, I wasn't doubting God. I was just thinking, like, man, I, just, I, I didn't think it was going to be over this soon. And then we made it through that moment, and I was still alive. And I remember realizing that I was holding my breath, and I took another breath, and I thought to myself, like, God gave me that breath. Mm. The fact that you have breath in your lungs means that God still wants to do something with your life. So don't waste it. I don't want to waste my life. The impossible life is about helping people become everything yes. that they're created to be so that you don't waste your life. Because if you get to the end of your life and you didn't use everything that God gave you, maybe you didn't waste all of your life, but you wasted part of it. Mm. I don't want to waste any part of my life, right? You could have things in your life that God gave you and you'll get to the end. It's like, man, you just didn't use it, right? Why would I, why did I give it to you if you're not going to use it, right? Why did I, why did I give this to you? Is how God's going to feel. Why did I give this to you if you didn't do anything with it? You have to, you, we are stewards. Mm -hmm. God gave us these things to manage and to do something with. Are you going to do something with everything that God's gave you? That's the thought of today matters. It inspires me. It yeah. pushes me. Same. James says this in the Bible. I won't quote it perfectly, but he says, who, who are you to say that I'm going to go here and do this tomorrow? I'm going to go here and do this the next day. You don't even know if you're going to be alive tomorrow. And James is talking about the fact that our lives are short. You don't know when you're going to die. So make the most of today. Yeah. You know, and, and what's I, we have today matters uh, on our both of our ice baths. And I look at it every time I open the lid. I also put the, the sticker on my laptop because every day when I come into work and I flip that thing open. I love driving down the tollway and seeing, you know, people yeah. from around here that got it on the back of their vehicle. I do too, man. Our man Clayton has it on the back and I do get excited every time I see it. But what, so I had a today matters kind of 
refresh for myself. I had a business trip recently to Boston to do, it was the biggest project I've ever worked on to date so far, as far as time frame and, and things like that. And I was working 12 to 15 hour days every day I was there. It was four days in a row. And you talked about how you never snoozed on deployment. And I can tell you, I've got less than five hours sleep every night that I was there. It was not ideal by any stretch, but you know what I had every single day? I woke up. The first thing on my mind was I was like, okay, here's what we're doing today. We're going to be shooting. It was with my production company. I was like, we're going to be shooting this, this, and this. These are the big events we got to capture. This is what we're going to do. And I was like ready to go because that was my sole focus. And the great thing is, is we will, some people will experience this when they go on holiday, that excitement that they wake up or if they have something big at work or something that they're looking forward to. What we're saying is that it is well within, and not only within your power, but it's by design. You are supposed to wake up with that same sense of urgency every day because when you understand that you're on a mission and that God has truly given your life a purpose, you will wake up with that same excitement because you know, hey, today's a day to put points on the board. Who knows what could happen today? Today's a day that I'm building towards becoming who I'm meant to be. Every single thing I do really does have a massive purpose different way. Y'all, I'm talking as a guy who was depressed yep. for six years and woke up with every day feeling the same as numb. I can tell you that waking up with today matters. Ooh, man, it gives me chills. The, the reason you're waking up that way when you were in Boston is because you know you had something that really needed you. Yes. There's so much purpose, mm, right? The saying is today matters. It's not, you know, today is going to kick your butt. It's not today. It's not even today needs you. It's today matters, meaning that there is a purpose for today. And this sense of urgency, that is the lesson of today matters is a sense of urgency. What is a sense of urgency? It comes from having a mission, having a purpose, and an awareness of the clock. Knowing, like just like, in, just like in sports, right? I've got to score, and I have a finite amount of time to score, Yeah. right? In basketball, you've got a shot clock. In football, you've got the game clock. You've got the ball, and you've only got a limited amount of time to make it happen. Right. And if you just say like, oh, if, if, if you live enough days of we'll get to it tomorrow, oh, you'll never get to it. I had something I say to myself is someday is a place where dreams go to die. I love that, that is the opposite of today matters. A lot of people are living a someday life. Someday I'll be the man that I was called to be. Someday I'll start a business. Someday I'll mm. get married. Someday I'll be a good father. Someday, someday, someday is a place where dreams go to die. You have to say to yourself, today matters. I'm going to do it today. I love that, G. So how do you do that, G? I mean, how do you do that? It, you, one, it's speak it. Yeah. Right. Like that's the, the point The we have power in our words. We have power in these phrases. Right. The reason I say I wouldn't just say today matters because like, I, you know, I like hearing the sound of my own voice. I say today matters because it's a reminder to me yeah. as I speak it and as I hear it, it influences me. And so when I say today matters, then I drop down into a set of pushups. Mm. When I say today matters, then I make the phone call. When I say today matters, then I move my feet. When I say today matters, I do the thing right after that, that I need to do. So I'm training myself. I'm going to speak it and then I'm going to do it. You have to live this, right? It's not just think about it. The thoughts become words. The words become actions. And so the thought that you need to have with today matters is let it be in word and in deed. Yeah. Say it to yourself. That's why it's such a powerful phrase. You need to have one of my 21 disciplines. You may have received this ebook if you've been floating around the impossible life is mottos and mantras, right? And today matters is one of those things for me that helps me be the person that I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Today matters is like a statement of vision and mission, Absolutely. isn't it? Because when you have that, that's why we're, I, I really have enjoyed doing ideal you with the people that we've been able to do it with recently, because a lot of people, when they think about, well, you know, purpose, they think about what rather than who they're becoming. 
And you're always becoming something, right? It's That's a constant everyday thing. So today matters whether you realize it or not because you're either growing better or worse every single day. The today matters thought process is actually I'm becoming who God made me to be every single day. So it all matters. And what's the lesson of today matters to you? Lesson of today matters is urgency. Yes. Urgency is this powerful feeling where you like you can't even see the clock. Like Nick, Nick's sometimes shocked by how well I know the time without looking at a watch. Right. Yeah. And that's because I have an awareness of the clock. I have a great sense of urgency. Right. Like if you don't have a sense of urgency, you'll get you'll you'll have buzzer failure in your life all the time. Like, man, I was going to get there, but I, I was late. I was going to get there, but it didn't work out. I'm not going to fail to the clock in my life. I'm going to run my race and there's still going to be time on the clock. Let's go. A lot of people are saying like, man, I'm going to run my race. I'm going to do it. Like, and they're spending all their time talking about it and their feet aren't moving and the clock's going to hit zero and you're not going to be at the finish mm-hmm. line. Man, that's like, that's like my worst fear, dude, honestly. Anyways. Uh, okay. This is the one I think this next 10 is probably the one we've talked about the least, Yeah, but I, I we've talked about these first three a bit on yeah. the podcast. I'm excited to talk about this next one. The fourth tenant is I learned this lesson twice in my life. I learned this from my father and I learned it in the SEAL teams. And that is this, how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm. Some people don't like that phrase. Some people say like, that's, you know, like that's a, that's an obsessive thought process or like people, you know, say that to like, I don't, I don't know, to, to harp on people about their, you know, their performance isn't good enough. But to me, how you do anything is how you do everything. It started when I was really young. I remember the first time I heard my dad say this and I was building a ramp. I was into like all the extreme sports as a kid, skateboarding and rollerblading and biking. And there was a season of my life where I did all three at the same time. And I was building a ramp and I basically built a ramp that was good enough. Right. And, uh, that's not a place that you want to do that. Right. And my, my dad was, is, a uh, still is, uh, in general construction, he's a contractor, he's a builder. He knows how to build things right. And, uh, he was watching me build this ramp and he's saying, son, that's not good enough. That's not how we do things. Right. Cause I basically just you know, half did building this ramp. And he says, son, I'm going to teach you how to do it right. I'm going to teach you how to do it well. And it wasn't, he wasn't doing that for my safety. I think my dad was just as amused by my durability as he was amused by watching (laughs) me hurt myself. Right. He wasn't doing it so that I didn't fall or that my ramp didn't, you know, break apart as I hit it at 20 miles an hour on a bike. He was teaching me a lesson of the way that you build this ramp is the way that you're going to build your life, son. Yeah. Right. So how you do anything is how you do everything. Dot, dot, dot how you do everything is a reflection of who you are, right? The ramp that you build, the things that you put your name on, yes, right? They're a reflection of you. It's too sad to me to see people in life. I encounter this all the time in the business world. And it's not like I don't have this conversation with people and I'm not judging people and I don't have the relationship with them to say this, right? Like you got to have that awareness. Sometimes I'd like to tell people this, like, man, I'd like to tell some of the people that I do business with, like, man, I can't believe you put your name on that. Yeah. Right. That's that's uh, pretty sad to me that you're willing to put your name on that because it's a reflection of who you are. The things that you do that, you know, you're, you, you probably had a teacher in school that's like write your name on your test and then you write your name on. It's like, do you want to put your name on that? Is that yeah. your best work? Yeah. How you do anything is how you do everything. And the way that I learned it in the SEAL teams is I had an instructor who, man, he would beat the snot out of us and enjoyed it and never raised his voice once. And he would make us do the same evolution over and over and over again until it was perfect, right? Like a lot of instructors would let guys like get away with stuff. I remember in third phase, we did these half mile bear crawls with a rucksack on our backs. And he says, we're going to do this until I, not, until I don't see one of you put a knee on the ground. Wow. Right. And a lot of times, like, like just doing it once, 
sucks. Yeah. Right. And we did it. And he's like, no, I, I saw one of you put your knee down. Right. I saw one of you put your butt up in the air. We're going to do it again. And we did it again and we did it again and we did it again until we all got it right. And that was such a great lesson for me because mm-hmm. a lot of people, they're just willing to accept like a B plus effort. Right. And if what type of person do you want to be? I know what type of person I want to be. I don't want to be a B plus person. Right. I want to give all that I have. I yeah. want to give my best because it's a reflection of who I am. Mm-hmm. Are you going to put your name on trash? I know that God didn't make me that way. Mm-hmm. God doesn't make junk. Right. So if I'm not junk, I'm not going to reproduce junk. I need to reproduce fruit that is a reflection of the Father who made me, the creator of the universe, who is good, who is God, who is righteousness. The things that I put my name on need to be a reflection of him. Yeah, I mean, and when you tap into this, this is one of those things that I've realized and I've definitely learned from you. I mean, I know you always quote Proverbs 22.1 to me, which says, do you want to say it? A good name is worth more than silver and gold. There you go. And here's the thing. If you really think about that, your reputation is the most valuable thing you have. In the SEAL teams? You can look at somebody's, you can look at their shoulder, see their rank, right? right? And if you know how many years they've been in, you know an estimate like 8, 10, 12, roughly how many years someone's been in, you know what their paycheck is. Right. Right? Like a lot of men size other men up by how much money they make. In the military, that's not how you size people up because you know what people make. Right. Right? You size people up by what others say about them. Yeah. What kind of dude is he? What kind of guy is Nick? Right. What do people you like? You'll go to a new team and people go, people call back to your old team. People will call people that they know and ask about you. What kind of guy is he? Yeah. Right. The value that you have in the SEAL teams where you get paid based upon just your time there. Right. The value that you have is your name. Yeah. Well, that's, but it's the same in life. Exactly. People just don't realize it. We do this all the time with brands. If you were going to buy a pair of shoes and you had a choice between Nikes or some like, I'm just making up some brand that you've never heard of that you, you know, saw an ad on Instagram, which one are you going to pick? right? You're going to go for the brand that you know. Why? Because they have a reputation. You can point to past successes. You know what they're about. It's the same thing in life, but we just don't always realize it. So how do we do that, G? How do we get to a place where how we do anything is how we do everything? Our, uh, we're getting a lot of gongs on this episode. We are. We're, we're catching up. Pastor Keith says, it's a great lesson of excellence. Yes. He says, excellence isn't that much harder. It just takes longer, mm. right? People aren't willing to put in the time. Yeah. It, it, anything you do in life will require a lot of effort. As he says, choose your heart. But to do things excellently, which is one of my core values, like I want to do things in their greatest form. I want to do things to the best. I don't want to do something that's just good. I want to do things in life that are great. Greatness takes a lot longer mm-hmm. than doing just something good or good enough. And the things, the, the areas in your life that you need to go back and address, the areas in your life where you know you're not giving a full effort, You just need to go back and spend some more time on them. And you're going to say, I don't have the time for that. No, you're just giving time to the wrong things. Yeah. Right. You need to get your life in alignment. Stop giving your time to things that aren't worth anything. Take your time back and pour your time into the things that matter. Because what your, your life is not something for you to preserve. Your life is something that for you to pour out, right? Your life is an offering. Your life is a sacrifice. What's your life going to be worth at the end of it? Did you use it all for you or did you pour it into something? Pour your life out on the altar of greatness. Become everything that you were created to be. So give your time to the things that matter. Become great. Do excellence on the earth because how you do anything is how you do everything. And how you do everything is a reflection of who you are. And what, what Garrett's saying, in other words, is it's done when it's right. And I can tell you, having worked with Garrett now for the past couple of years, this one is frustrating because oftentimes you're like, hey, we need to get this done by X time. 
And I've, it's had an impact on you. It though. has had a big impact on me because the amount of times when we've made a plan that we're going to do something by X time and date, you, and we'll get to that point, and you're like, it's still not, it's still not there. I feel like you've got because it, it, you've, you can tell the difference. Like I'm not about perfection. No, but no, there's, for sure. there's, there's certainly early on there were times where you, you didn't say it, but what your effort was was that's good enough. And I yeah, said it's big not. time. Yeah, big time because I'm very used to working to deadlines, and I'm like, well, you just get it done by the deadline. And do you cut corners? Well, yeah, sometimes you have to, but at least it's done. That's the thought process. This is it's done when it's right. Well, what if I'm late? Well, then at least it's going to be excellent and late rather than you know average and on time. Yeah, and for a lot of times, it's not necessarily that you're late for their de- late for your deadline. What you're really going to be late for is you're going to be late for dinner. Right. Right. You're I love gonna, dinner. You're, you're, <laughs> you're going to be late for the thing that you wanted to do. Because it, because getting it right and the things that matter just takes a little bit more time. Yeah. Well, gee, let's move to the so final the, tenant. Yeah, which, the, so the lesson of how you sorry. do how you do anything is how you do everything. The lesson there is patience, mm. right? And just catch this: the yeah. the, the previous lesson was urgency, and the lesson here is patience. When you can have a great sense of urgency, and have the it's one of the, I mean, it is a superpower when you have patience. Right. Some people make it to 50 years old and really never develop patience in their life. They always are working against the clock and why, you know, when's it going to be here? When's it going to be my time? When you have a sense of urgency and you have patience, you are powerful. Yeah. So let's go on to the last one. All right. The last one is one that uh, we talk about a lot and it is, it's not about you. Yeah. The fifth tenet of the impossible life is it's not about you. And I, all of these, I've kind of talked about where they came from in my life. And this one, I don't have a specific origin point. It's really just been an observation over my life that slowly like came to the surface. And I kind of realized at a point in my life, it was in my 20s, that I realized like, man, my, my life's really not about me. Mm. Uh, my life, this is before I was married, before I had a family. This is really just through the revelation of who Christ is and, and our call to be like him. And seeing greatness in other people is realizing that like living a great life, it's not about you. Yeah. There's, if you can, there's a lot of ways to size people up in life. Um, there's a lot of things that you can put people, you know, there's two types of people and there's a lot of buckets that you can put people in. Well, this is the bucket that I put people in. It's not a judgment. It's really more of a self-reflection and saying, I never want to be like, like this type of person. There's two types of people in the world. There's people who their life is about them and there's people who their life is about something bigger than them. Their life is about other people. The number one way to a miserable life is make your life all about you. If you make your life all about you, you'll be short on friends. If you make your life all about you, you probably can't call anybody uh, when you're broke and ask for $500. When you make your life all about you, nobody's going to help you move. When you make your life all about you, you have to beg people to show up to your birthday party. I could go on and on and on. When your life is about you, nobody wants to help you. On the other side of that, when your life is about other people, when all you do is serve others, when all you do is serve God, when all you do is serve a mission that's bigger than you, you have more friends than you could imagine. You have people, you you got people busting down the door to show up to your birthday party. And I'm not just harping about birthday parties. I'm not a big birthday party person. But the point is you have all the, it's, it's two different ways of living. And it's really where this comes from is Matthew 16, 25. These are the words of Jesus. These are the words that you need to pay the most attention to in your Bible, the red letters. Jesus says, if you seek to hold on to your life, you'll lose it. Mm. But if you'll give up your life, you'll gain life. And what he's talking about is two different types of life. He's talking about life on this earth versus eternal life, right? If you make your life all about you, you're not going to spend eternity the way that you want to spend it. But if you'll make your life about God, if you'll serve him, you're going to spend eternity in the right place. You're going to spend eternity living a great eternity. 
right? If you make your life all about you, it's going to be a miserable life. It's not going to be a great life. If you'll make your life about other people, if you'll make your life about serving a mission, you will live an incredible beyond impossible life. I love that G uh, real quick on how to do this. It, you have to zoom out. This really is a perspective. When you get caught up in the moment, it's easy to focus on yourself. If you think about every time you've done something stupid, you were probably very zoomed in. Somebody made you mad. You were really tired. You were in the middle of some intense emotion. And so you reacted in a way that when you look back, not so proud of it. When you zoom out and you have an intention of, of who you want to be long-term, where you're going, how you want to be known, some of the stuff that we've talked about before, when you zoom out, it will change your whole perspective about who it's really about. Fair? Fair. So let me just recap here. The five tenets. Don't forget the lesson, by the way. The five tenets of the impossible life. Fearless living. And the lesson is courage. The second tenet is the infinite potential unlock. And the lesson is positivity. The third tenet is today matters. Today matters. And the lesson is urgency. The fourth tenet is how you do anything is how you do everything. Dot, dot, dot. And how you do everything is a reflection of you. And the lesson of that tenet is patience. And then we just talked about the final tenet of it's not about you. And the lesson of this final tenet is humility and selflessness. And I'm just going to end it here with our challenge to you. Our challenge is to become a part of the impossible life. Join us in whatever way you can. If this is the locker room that you want to be in, if you want to be a part of what Nick and I are doing and what hundreds and potentially, you know, it, it's continually shocking to me how many people that I meet that are a part of us that I haven't met yet. However many there are, come and be with us if this is the direction that you want to go in. If you want to come on this journey of becoming everything that you're called to be, stop talking about it and do it. And then look at these tenets, right? These are these should be things. If you, if you feel like you're us, these should be things you're saying, man, I want to be that. Look at these tenets and say, you know, I've got the lesson of courage. I've got the lesson of positivity. I've got the lesson of urgency. I've got the lesson of patience. I've got the lesson of selflessness and humility. Not all of those are from the same uh, for some, from the same brand and same theme. All of us will have some of these that are natural to us and all of us will have some of these that are very hard for us. Look at the ones that are hard for you and dig in on those because those are the areas that you have a great opportunity to grow. And by the way, the best way for you to grow is get around other people that are growing. Come and join us in Mindset Mastery and get around people who are going to help you become everything that you were called to be. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Remember to share, like, subscribe. If you think that this would be something that someone would enjoy, please send it to them. We appreciate it all. If you want to get in touch, you can follow us on Instagram at The Impossible Life. You'll find us on there. You can also email at impossiblelifepodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, if you want to get in touch and find out about Garrett's personal or business coaching, that's the way to do it. Thank you again for listening. Go out there, think better, and live the impossible. See you again soon. Long before ice baths were a thing, Garrett was doing them in the SEAL teams. Now we do them as part of our daily morning routine to make us better. We are very pleased to have partnered with Freedom Plunge. Freedom Plunge is on a mission to bring cold exposure to everyone. They believe that cold plunges should be affordable, easy to use, and represent the customer themselves. Cold plunges shouldn't cost a fortune, and these ones don't. Garrett and I both use our Freedom Cold Plunge every single day. It's customized. You can put whatever you want on them. For us, we have our Impossible Life logos. And here's the best part. 
just for listening to this podcast, you can go to freedomplunge.com, use the discount code impossible and save $500 off any Freedom Plunge. These things are half the price of the ones that you see on the internet. Plus, you're going to save an additional $500 with code impossible. Go to freedomplunge.com and get yourself one now. You will not regret it.